Welcome to Brand Story Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Joining us today on Brand Story Inc. is Paul Tigreichs. Paul joined the Wall Street Journal this year in 2020 as GM of the Trust and Head of Marketing. He oversees integrated marketing, product marketing, the intelligence group, which we'll dig into, as well as the studio and account management teams. Super excited to have Paul. He's a seasoned marketing pro with 20-plus years of experiences in places that you've heard, like the Washington Post, Condé Nast, Hearst, Dow Jones, and DoubleClick. A graduate of Yale and received his MBA from arch rival Harvard. Paul, <laughs> welcome to Brand Story Inc. Thank you, sir. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Yeah, likewise. And, uh, look forward to, to spending some time with you and and seeing what we can share with these folks of yours. Well, the listeners. yeah, I think they're going to be really excited, and I, I'd love to jump in with your recent journey. Um, you're no stranger to Wall Street Journal, but you did start as GM, I believe, of the trust in April right in the heart of the pandemic, which itself is interesting. And yet you're, no stra- yet you're no stranger having spent half a decade at Wall Street Journal with some stints in between. I would love for you to just share some of the background on your story evolving into the leader of not one, but two major media publisher content studios. Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly a crazy time and a crazier time to try to start a new job. Um, <laughs> but the, the lucky thing for me was that it was kind of a return home to Dow Jones because I had spent five years there before uh, leaving for the post um, where I sort of led the sort of head up the teams that sort of drew the uh, digital advertising business up the last three or four years down there. Um, and down there, I did a similar role. I sort of led brand marketing and teams creating sort of marketing solutions and data programs, but also content programs for all our platforms that we're on. And the funny thing is when I got to the post, that studio down there had about three people in it. Wow. And then, and then you know, four or five years later, we have 50. Yeah. Um, and it was really the key driver sort of of that of the digital advertising success down there, coupled with um, their ad tech. Um, and, you know, what was nice there, and I think what's going to be great at, at Dow Jones, is it was sort of the perfect time. Bezos had just bought the post and invested a lot of money in it and was trying to come up with ways to monetize all the audience that they had attracted. Tried to attract it. So that timing was right. And in a funny sort of way, Dow Jones um, is sort of in an in a oddly similar spot, I think, right now. I think it's kind of a moment in time when, you know, business news and economic news and information in that environment is something that people are are leaning into much more now than ever before. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of getting away from the general news in some ways yep. and, and leaning in more to a B2B play is something that um, is much certainly more safe for brands. Um, but it's also, I think, a sort of a lens that is, sets us apart and unique from a lot of other competitors that we have there. And quite frankly, having, you know, 3 million paying subscribers is sort of a nice ongoing revenue stream that offsets any kind of bumps in the dips in the advertising business. Always nice to have that kind of scale for the direct-to-consumer part of the model, right? <laughs> it, cer- it certainly hasn't hurt, I'll tell you. Um, well, you enter as the GM of the trust, which is, for those listening, is the name of uh, Wall Street Journal's Barron's content studio in April. And yeah. you inherited a staff of about 70-plus folks. Take us through this experience of starting and running a content studio from a remote experience right from the get-go. And yeah. it's fascinating to me. 
Yeah, I mean, we've got about 70 here in the United States and another about 25 or 30 around the world. Um, and so it, it's a mixture of like all of these, you know, folks in studios, you know, we've got sort of integrated marketing people who are focused on why the Wall Street Journal. And then we've got almost like a, an in-house agency with editors, designers, creatives, account managers, performance um, specialists, social media specialists, engineers, and everybody else. So the hardest thing is really to, to kind of to get people, you know, know people remotely. And because mm-hmm. all of that, usually you do face to face. Um, instead, it's just, you know, one of nine faces on a computer screen. But I think what we're doing more than anything before is I've sort of over communicated. You know, I've just dedicated about two to three hours a day of just meeting people, both on my team, but more importantly, you know, getting to know the sales team because mm-hmm. they're the key for our success. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a weird way is you do, you know, you, you sort of depend, you meet people a little bit more intimately and know them more intimately, you know, when you're you're seeing them and they're kitchen or their bedroom or their living room and the kids are running around behind you so you, you actually get the, the sort of the story behind the story so it's been it's a fascinating way to start the work i mean but i think the other thing that helps me is i have been here before so it's you know i know the organization yeah. and so that learning sort of that that's a quick learn for me um you know and that and that's key i mean i think that to me if i was advising people about you know when you're starting up in this in this new world is you know you got to just probe and ask people question after question and just just try to figure it out i mean i have a well i have a printed org chart of like 20 pages that's up on a wall in front of me and just try to see who people are and what they're doing um so that's kind of you know it's it's kind of goofy but it works yeah it's like there's Susie, the one that always has the cat in the background right or you know jimmy with the piano it's like uh, it's a good it's like the new way of mnemonic devices of how to remember people their backgrounds right it it is it's actually kind of it's it's kind of a little crazy but for you know and one of the things that's changed is you know i think when i left the journal five years ago, you know, there wasn't that much of a, of a heavy emphasis on um, on ad tech and on first party data um, and those kind of insights. Yeah. And that's something that I will say that the post was very was very good at getting ahead of the game there. Um, and so I feel like Dow Jones now is investing the money in that. Um, so we do have sort of these you know teams of of people who are, are are kind of cranking out data and insights that we can tap into. And I think my job is really to kind of to coach and keep my team um, how to do that, both when it comes to coming up with the ideas, um, as well as when you're executing the ideas and obviously after after that happens. And it's that kind of loop of, of information and insights, you know, that is for us, it's fueled by first party data because we've got paid subscribers who raise their hand and opt in. And we know what they read, when they read it, why they read it. And we parlay that obviously those learnings and insights into programs for our clients. Well, I want to dig in there because um, I'm not I'm not pandering to Paul, right? The listeners, you can check out the trust, uh, which is the name of, and we'll get back to kind of yep, the name okay. and the rebranding of of WSJ Barons um, yep. Content Studio. It's the trust dot WSJ Barons dot com. It's a gorgeous website. lays out a slew of case studies for the likes of Slack, Alpha Romeo, Berkshire Hathaway, Honeywell, a host of other high, uh, you know high Q rating brands, but I was most struck by your positioning around data driven insights. When you go to the site, it it even says experience is powered by intelligence. Let's, let's go there and dig in deeper. You started to tell me, but I want to know more about that. How are you actually using the data in a way that you're enabled to apply it to branded content solutions for brands that come on board and how that differentiates you from other publisher content studios? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the first thing is it's, it's first party data, which is, which is key. 
Um, so you're not sort of, you know, piecing together lookalike segments and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But when you think about it, I think about it in a few ways. One is you, know, you can gain insights from the editorial team. So, you know, um, between Barron's and the Wall Street Journal, we're putting out 200 articles a day, 150 articles a day. So all of the insights on what's where people are spending their time, mm -hmm. what they're reading, what they're not reading, what they're sharing, um, you know, how long how long they're spending on a page. Are they scrolling? Are they playing the video all the way through? What's the perfect length of a video? Um, you know, if they're podcast people, you know, what's the target length? How many do they binge watch in a row? All of those things, which are insights for us from the editorial team, mm -hmm. are things that we have access to that we need to kind of make smart use of to help us guide us when we're coming up with ideas for a client. So that there's the editorial piece. Then there's really sort of the content consumption piece as well, which is if you're reading, you know, if you're in our case with the journal, you know, if you're a CEO of an energy company and you know you're going to come to the homepage because it's bookmarked and that's where you go for the first always, mm -hmm. and then you're bouncing over to the energy content or things like that, what else are you reading besides energy? Mm -hmm. You know, are you reading market data? Are you reading, you know, travel? Are you potentially going to a travel site area? But are you reading tech? Or what other things are you reading? And sort of understanding that reader journey on the site enables us to one come up with different ways to approach content, but it also helps us um, when it comes time for the distribution and amplification of the content so that that CEO clicks on, you know, the content integration unit or the ad unit to get to the article page to actually read the custom content. So you've got that piece of sort of like user data. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third piece is, you know, what's worked in the past? You know, what programs have we done for clients? What best practices can we use from learnings from programs that make sense? You know, and everything as basic as word count to, you know, what's in a headline to what's in the content integration units that are driving people to it, mm -hmm. the length of the video, you know, it's everything. So you kind of have this wealth of data and insights coming in that, you know, when used intelligently, you can come up and with some pretty profound story ideas based on insights and data. Well, it's, fasc and, it's fascinating, Paul, right? Because I, 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 I tend to sometimes get out in front a little bit too much and sometimes maybe get philosophical. But I think what you're tapping into there is really for the for the leading edge, most progressive content studios out there, um, which I consider you one of them. Um, there's really that next level, right? And it, using your example, if you have C-suites in the energy sector, like, right. okay, to give them insights in, on energy, okay, like, great, right? And to right. how to attract them, that's kind of like the, you know, um, yes, you can do it better and, and whatnot, but like the real potential insights are, can you find that gap? Like, oh, they also happen to be passionate about paddle tennis right exactly and you're able to get, you're able to get to that person through their passion point in a way and i'm just obviously making these details up but yeah when you have that level of insight of of user behavior it opens up opportunities that may not just be hey we're trying to get to the energy sector so let's write or produce video content yep. about energy i mean is that and, kind of thing yeah, to look it, at? it is and also you know we dow jones also owns factiva mm -hmm. which is sort of this this wealth of, of sort of data and, and article content and information and insights from publishers around the world. And what we're able to do with Factiva is um, to spot trends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there are stories written on um, reusable, reusable energy, what is it trending up, trending down? If not, what, what, what part of it's trending? Is it investments mm -hmm. in, is it regulation of, and all of that? 
And you can use that type of data in two ways. One way is you can say, oh, my God, investing in renewable energy is hot right now. We got to write about it. Mm-hmm. Or, or investing in renewable energy is oversaturated, and we should keep away from it and do, take a different angle to the story. I love so, that. So that's a kind of an interesting insight. And again, for us, it's, you know, it's anything is – my team worries about one thing, and it's the Wall Street Journal Barron's kind of reader – so it's laser focused on mm-hmm. business and finance executives, C-suite executives, reading and consuming content in a business and finance news environment. And well, while we do write a lot about, you know, we work with the likes of Mercedes-Benz and mm-hmm. Alpha Rain and all these folks, the luxury folks, um, you know, that's because we have the wealthiest people in the world reading. So mm-hmm. that, that's that's much more of an audience play. Mm-hmm. But but getting the context, context right to these C-suite executives who come to us for you know, news and analysis um, that's the focus of the entire team. It should be sort of where I'm kind of making them sort of, you know, a lot of the other things are nice to have. That's a must have. Mm. Well, let's stay there because you talked about the trend and, and I'm going to introduce a new segment here and I'll call it trend spotting. What are okay. the top three trends that you're seeing that media publishing content studios need to master to kind of win the rest of 2020 and set themselves up for success in 2021? How are you thinking? About yeah. That? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I, you know, the reason why we talked about it for the first 10 or 15 minutes is it's insight and data driven content creation. Yep. I mean, it's gotta be that. I mean, the second, and then the second one then ties perfectly into that, which is um, driving ROI. You've got to deliver a proven ROI on these campaigns. Um, ROI can, you know, the KPIs can vary people and, you know, there's, there's so many ways to measure it, but right. I think I just look at it like the marketing funnel, you know, it's typically upper funnel mm-hmm. where it's getting awareness, but also, you know, you can with retargeting and proper targeting of ads, um, you can drive people down the funnel. You can, the first, first piece of content someone reads can be about 5g. Mm-hmm. The second piece can be about a and strategy in 5g. And the third thing could be driving people to a, a more detailed article with a white paper. So I think the ROI, piece of it especially now um where every budget dollar has to be you know has to work is key uh and then i think obviously the third thing that you know we're all doing it it's this pivot to um you know video and live streaming of events and things like that um is something that we're getting more and more you know requests for and you know, we're pitching out there because all of us now you know you can you can get access to um, subject matter experts and speakers who you couldn't get before because they didn't want to travel. Yep. Now they're just sitting in front of their computer like there are, and you know, you and I can do this in 30 minutes and we're done. Yep. Um, yep. So there's, I think those are the kind of the three big things that I'm seeing. And again, you know, we're sort of in this unique place in that um, for our digital business is, is, is very, very strong right now mm-hmm. um, on the content studio side in general, overall in the business, because again, you know, the, who are the advertisers and the marketers that, in fact, didn't pull back, but actually, after they, every after the shock, they double down, and it's B two B, it's tech, it's finance, you know, it's all of those big players who now are are saying, you know, we can't take our foot off the gas. In fact, now's the time to really to step on it and, and go for it. So, in content marketing, you know, telling a story for them um, is critical now because it is something that you know traditional ads might not be able to do in the most you know, sensitive way, whereas using storytelling, you can certainly adjust your tone for the times. Well, I think um, you're, while you're away, whoever was in charge of rebranding in, in 2019 uh, <laughs> came up with the, the name of your content studio as The Trust, which, you know, 
kudos to them because I think that may be the word of 2020, especially as it relates to, right? Like news related publishing entities. And obviously it's fun. There's double and triple entendres with the word trust in Wall Street Journal, which which is neat. But I'm I'm curious um, how you'd assess what it's like. You know, you're still in the macro in the news entity bucket, if you will. How, what's your POV of what it's like to be there in a branded content uh, space right now in such a challenging world? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think it's, it's, it's a lot easier to be in a B2B finance-focused um, news environment um, than it is to be in a general news environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, I, I, and I operated in a general news environment for four or five years, and, you know, when it was, when it was very, it was, there were challenges, but it was nothing like it is today. Right. Um, you know, there's just that story, you know, there's just too many crazy stories out there now that brands want to, want to keep away from. It's just, so you have a lot of inventory you can't monetize. Know, and that's that's an ongoing battle um you know we are definitely you know we we cover you know we cover the current news we do it through the lens of business which helps us i think quite mm-hmm. frankly somewhat um you know i th- i don't know if it's i think we have you know both the journal is you know there's church and state i mean nothing nothing i can say or do is going to impact how how matt murray and his team are going right. to cover a news piece i mean it's just you know it's the wall street journal right. you know it's more more extreme than anybody else because not only is it impacting news but it's impacting finance and markets and moves so yep. um there's a real church and state I, mean, I deal with you know since i've been back you know the editorial ethics people the legal team um for everything from you know how do you slug content is the is the shading on it the right shade so people yep. understand what it is you know is everything consistent on every platform we're on whether it be an in-app experience desktop mobile or social um, so I, I mean, I feel like it's, you know, I think for us, the, the challenge is how do we sort of create content for brands that a reader would sort of want to click on and read, mm-hmm. given the, all the other options within the Wall Street Journal or Barron's editorial environment, which is award-winning. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of elevate your game. Um, and, it, you know, it's got to be it's got to be useful. And it's got to be, they got to get something out of it very quickly because our readers are coming to us for a very specific reason, you know, to gain insights, analysis, and go and, and, and make business decisions. So, you know, if you go with that editorial lens, I think it's really, um, you know, it's almost, you know, and with all the data and the insights we have, it makes it actually quite simple to do it um, remarkably. I mean, there's certainly, you know, there were a couple of weeks there where, Clients just didn't know what was going on. Everyone picked yep. the pause button. We all did. Yep. You know, no one was going outside. Um, but then you realize, at least in the B two B space, you know, business decisions are still being made, and you know, and in, so you have to kind of you know pivot, be sensitive to clients. You know, definitely things hit pause buttons. Even now, I think you know we're seeing programs change direction, um, but they're not walking out the door. You know, they they know they have the message. Um, at least our, you know, our, our hardcore clients and, and they're staying with it. I, I think it would be tougher, you know, obviously if you're a, a, a lifestyle focused environment, even in the news space, mm-hmm. um, it's tough. I mean, you don't, you know, all of us are, you know, you get a news alert and you don't even want to look at it sometimes. Right, right. right. <laughs> you well, know, what's, what else could happen? <laughs> well, it's interesting. I'm curious. Uh, one of the things I've been asking folks during the COVID time, uh, which is which is going to be a continual time, right? That we're not, you know, this this notion of pre-post-COVID, I think, is, is a little bit premature at best and, and potentially a myth, right? But I think uh, I'm curious to get your take on, you know, it's 
factually proven that consumers have been conditioned to digest content in a way you know that's would have been scoffed at uh, um, years ago right this whole notion of like digital consumption on the rise compared to linear and i feel like it's been a tipping point for digital versus traditional um mm-hmm. to finally gain its rightful place as a primary platform i'm curious how you ch- view the changes that COVID's brought through the trust's lens yeah i mean i think listen our you know the the COVID is in some ways, you know, has has led to a surge in consumption of news. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's whether it be, you know, we see it, we, you know, we see it at the journal, we see it at Barron's, you know, we also own MarketWatch. And mm-hmm. MarketWatch is like the fastest growing personal finance site right now. You know, the page views are through the roof because everyone is, petri- you know, mm-hmm. markets up, markets down, all that volatility. Um, so I think you have that. I think there's definitely, I'm consuming more um podcast content and audio and video content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you also, the, the irony is, um, you know, the newspaper, while traditional, you know, we still have 800,000 people who choose to get their journal content in print. And for them, and they tend to be our wealthiest, mm-hmm. our most, you know, and our most influential, they tend to be a little older readers. But the question with that is, you know, you, you need to continue to message people through any way they're getting content. And I think that's, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, podcast, podcast, podcast. Podcasts are great for people like us because we listen to podcasts. Right. But if there's, you know, 30 or 40% of the, of the people aren't, haven't listened to a podcast, you want to make sure you, you complement what you're doing in the digital space with some traditional ways to do it. And quite frankly, live events are gone. Yeah. Outdoor advertising is on the lane. So there's a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of reasons for people to really take a look and think, how else can we reach these customers? Or target customers like how are they consuming content today that's different as you say before it might not never go back to the way it was but um so that's we view it as kind of i view it as almost an interesting opportunity yep you know if you're doing a product launch or you're doing something an announcement or you're, you know you if you're even in the journal if you're only running on our digital properties you know you're you're missing yep. a third or you know missing 20 percent of our audience um, so, and they're the most engaged because they're the ones who are, you know, spending an hour with the newspaper every day over coffee. So yep. it's interesting. Yeah, I think it's, 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 you know, super interesting. And I'm, I'm curious, aside from the obvious of marketing budgets and the macro getting cut, what's, what's your, what's your biggest challenge right now? I mean, I think, you know, the irony is for me as personally, it's getting my arms around the staff. Mm-hmm. It's really trying to understand, you know, not having the ability to pop in and see people, um, and meeting, you know, that that I think from a professional standpoint is impacts me. I think it also probably impacts, you know, anybody in business right now is you're used to it, pretty much most of us are human, some sort of human interaction with clients, prospects and things, whether at conferences and things like that, and it's all going virtual. Um, so I think that's, you know, that that's a challenge for us. We you know I'm in charge of the brand budget as well at the journal for mm-hmm. from the B2B, from the advertising side. And it's, you know, trying to figure out you know, which virtual events, which speakers theories should we sponsor? How do I judge whether they're successful or not? Um, you know, all of that has sort of changed, um, you know, new research we're doing. So again, it's sort of, it's funny, even though we're sort of, I you know, I'm talking more advertising and marketing and brand and branded content. Um, when I put my brand, brand marketer hat on, it's, you know, we've, we've, it's funny, we haven't had to cut budgets, but we've just reallocated budgets mm-hmm. in significant ways. Well, it's funny. I, I see a book, you know, uh, you know, how I built the world's most powerful content studio with ever, without ever meeting anyone in person. 
(laughs) (laughs) So uh, to that end, I'm curious, um, from a social media perspective, right? Look, you touched on it. You have 3 million paying customers, which is, and not just customers, like you're one of the best examples out there in terms of premium value, right? Like high net worth, highly desirable, highly sought after, highly engaged um, people who are paying you for information on a, on a daily basis. So I'm curious in this world of how you view social media uh, in general yep. as it relates for your clients as a, as yep. a means of distribution yeah. uh, to help achieve goals. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's funny, you know, our, our editorial team on the Matt Murray's team, the journal editorial team obviously uses social to, to kind of push our content out there and mm-hmm. to tease our content audiences wherever they are. Um, and we're obviously we're teasing them into the funnel for this, bringing it down to become members or subscribers. Um, from the trust standpoint, it's a little different, but although it's the same, is you know we we understand that some of our readers um, are not exclusive on the journal all day, that you know they're going onto social platforms, you know you know they're going onto primarily. You know, I would say we lean probably more towards a Twitter and a LinkedIn mm-hmm. than we would to broader social platforms, and that might be right. just because since I've been here. You know, it, it is a B2B finance, heavy finance mm-hmm. focus. Um, but for me, it's a matter of, you know, for Instagram, for our luxury clients, it's another way to sort of get the content in front of people. But obviously, if we're doing it on a LinkedIn, a LinkedIn or Twitter, we're going to go after people who have either been followers of the editorial side, of the, have raised their hand and said, I want to be a follower of the Wall Street Journal, edit, and then we'll, we'll retarget, go after them. We're not obviously, and again, church and state, we can't use the editorial handle, right. but we can certainly go after followers. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's to me, is an, that's what we do, you know, and we do it smart in a smart way, but also knowing that our clients also, you know, are leveraging social for their own good, goods, but, yeah. you know, they're not able to use the words, the Wall Street Journal, Marin's Group, the trust. Right. And that's why people come to us. You know, they come to us because we know our audience better than anybody else, and we know how to write to them, but also that brain halo effect means a lot. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't need to come into a brand like ours. Well, now we get to turn personal, and I have a thing I call morning musts. And I'm curious how you, as someone in charge of what you're in charge in with the trust and the content studio and everything else that you talked about, how do you stay on top of industry news, trends, and insights on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all news junkies in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, we'd be in the space. I mean, I, I, I must admit, even when I wasn't at the journal, um, I read CMO today, which is the Wall Street Journal newsletter um I, that's kind of my first go-to in the morning quite frankly it always it has been it's just curated it's smart um it's just kind of a must read um i did <laughs> i am a subscriber to the journal for the last 15 20 years um i do go to the home page just because i think it's smart mm-hmm. i understand what my client is reading what every client is reading every ceo is reading um, that's critical um and then i you know i've got guilty pleasures i go to the daily daily mail and the new york post um, and then, you know, a lot of news, I get a lot of newsletters from the industry trades. Um, any favorites? Yeah. You know, I mean, I like Digiday. you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I will say I'm a, um, I'm a little bit of a, of an old school person. So I'm at week at age, all of them. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I get, I get everything because yeah. for me it's, it's scanning them and just seeing, yeah, same here. um, you know, what's, what's going on, um, as far as you know, someone getting a new job is something happening in the company. Um, something that I can grab and, um, you know, and send to a salesperson or send to a client. Um, it's, it's almost on overload. Now it seems like, it seems like there's so many things coming at us with also these, you know, everyone's fighting for your time between 12 o'clock and two o'clock now with, um, virtual conferences and things like that. 
Um, so it's almost trying to just to juggle that and, and keep it at bay <laughs> in some ways. Well, final question for you. Uh, bed stand, book stack. What are you reading or have you just read or are looking forward to read? You know, it's funny. We, um, I hadn't read a book probably in four months. I just was immersed <laughs> I can't imagine in why. But what's interesting is we just had our, our, our global sales conference and um, a woman a woman named Carla Harris, who's a very senior person at Morgan Stanley, was, was one of our guest speakers and absolutely mesmerizing. Mm. Um, and her book is called Strategize to Win. Okay. And it's funny. It's, it's, it's sort of career advice, but at any stage in your career. Um, and Carla is older than oh, my, about my age. So I won't say how old we are, but we've been around for a bit and has, rec- has sort of, you know, has an amazing career at Morgan Stanley, but is just offered incredibly smart advice um, for career advice, but also from a marketing and sales perspective. And, and you know, she's a gospel singer and she sort of checks every box there is, super duper smart um, and impressive. So awesome. get a chance. See, this, yeah. is, this, is my, this is my poor man's curation. Some people use the app Goodreads. I just ask Brand Story Inc. guest. <laughs> and it's amazing. Every week, it's a new one. It's a great go one. To her TED, if you go to one of her TED Talks, you'll, you'll see what you get, and then the books even better. Awesome. Paul, thank you so much for sharing your insights and wisdom. Uh, really excited to continue to follow the trust and appreciate, and I know our audience does as well, you sharing your insights. Awesome. Well, listen, sir, have a great afternoon. Stay safe. Thanks, you too. Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc., We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.